Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! here with you on a Sunday afternoon. Glad to be with you on Victory Sunday here on the Thunder and Lightning podcast. Thanks for checking us out at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House. Oh, yeah, hold on. We, we, we'll get to them later. They, they, they know their time is coming. Let's thank College Corner. Hope you guys took advantage of that great sale they had this weekend. They gave 25% off all in-store sales. They've been doing it all year long, guys. College Corner has really set you guys up with some great deals. Hopefully you've you've rewarded them with your business. They are a great business to check out. And there's still time. If you're down there in the Jackson area, you can go shop in either of their two locations. There's one in Ridgeland, there's one in Flowood. And you can find some maroon and white merchandise for the Bulldogs in your life. Deck the halls with maroon and white with College Corner. We have just got a few days left in this cursed year. Next year, it's going to be a whole lot better, and it's going to start with your business being a lot more profitable than it was in 2020. It's going to start with a phone call to Advantage Business Systems. Call them today and find out how you can upgrade the technology in your departments, in your offices, and you can get things going in the right direction for 2021. It's a phone call away. 46 years of experience helping out businesses just like yours. Call them at 844-833-6245. Or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Mississippi State 51, Missouri 32, just like we all predicted. Mississippi State did everything that we said they were going to do. They ran the ball effectively. They played great defense without Errol Thompson. We predicted all of this, didn't we? I'm pretty sure that seems right. Joel, after State gets a win to bookend its season, the only question I have to ask you is, what's causing all that friday shows we do the three p's we do i think what you saw on saturday was spearheaded by the two p's okay paul and potential paul blackwell yes (laughs) it's like paul jones (laughs) who would have ever foreseen a long snapper providing the the spark that kind of look i'm not i'm not saying paul blackwell won you the game but the momentum of the game changed yeah. Whenever uh, Missouri muffs the punt and Paul ba- Paul Blackwell recovers it in the end zone, State ties the game 7-7, they would go on to score 17 unanswered points and take control. Um, and, and yeah, I think Missouri got back to 17-10, but then State stretched it out and was basically ahead by a couple touchdowns the rest of the way, or more. Um, Paul Blackwell was a little bit, you know, just fortunate to be in the right place at the right time, but that was a big moment. In the in the grand scheme of the 60 minutes of football that you saw on Saturday, that moment led, I don't want to say it was the cause of everything, but that was kind of, that was where things tilted. But the other P here is, is the, the most promising thing of them all in its potential. What you saw on Saturday was a glimpse at the potential of what this program could become with, I mean, I listed them out in a tweet, but just some of the names 
that we we've seen them do things all year long. But whether it's Will Rogers or or just or Jaden Wally or Tulu or Charles Cross or Emmanuel Forbes with a couple of picks in his second pick six of the year, um, you could just name off freshman after freshman after freshman that Mississippi State has to rely upon week to week to win football games. I don't know why. It should be any shock that this this team has kind of been a roller coaster this year. Um, when you have to rely upon the amount of youth that State has had to rely upon, I mean, it only stands to reason that they're going to be a little bit inconsistent. And oh, by the way, even some of the guys that I think we look at and think veteran, 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 I mean, Martin Emerson's a sophomore. It's just his second year to be out there. Um, th- there are guys like that, too. Up and down this roster is youth. And... With youth, sometimes comes, you know, up and down. And that's what you've seen from Mississippi State all year. But on Saturday, heck, not just on Saturday, man. The last month, the Auburn game notwithstanding, there was a dud in there. Again, up and down. But you've seen a little bit more consistent production. Jaden Wally, 400 yards, or 100 yards receiving four straight games. I think Will Rogers, you've seen consistent production out of him. And yeah, Auburn wasn't his best game, but... You, you are starting to get to the point where the youth is becoming consistent. You, you mix that up with what's probably about to be a few bowl practices in a spring, and you go into next year, and then you welcome in a new crop of talent too. Man, I, I tweeted this. I will reemphasize it here. I think that the reports of Mississippi State's demise were greatly exaggerated. I, I really do believe, as we have preached and preached and preached on Thunder and Lightning from day one, what you see with Mike Leach is a guy that you just ultimately know what you're getting with him. And he's had struggles. He struggled at Washington State at the beginning, and then he turned it, turned it into what Mike Leach is. I really do think you're seeing that at Mississippi State, and I think Saturday was one more, I guess, smack upside the noggin to anybody that doesn't believe in Mike Leach to see that, you know what, guys, it's coming. Give it, Give it time. And I think when you combine what everything you just said with, you know, people are were, were, were upset about the recruiting class on signing day, but when everybody is is in, this is going to end up being a top, I say between twenty eight and thirty two, right? Well, that's where MSU has lived in recruiting for the past decade, and they have been in bowl games and they've won big games and they've been a consistent player. So yeah, I, I tend to agree with with most everything you just said right there. Um, back, back to sign. I mean, the reason everyone. The MJ Daniels flip is, is, all is, is what set people off. People could live with neighbors, right? And and strong, strong really hurt because it hurt, but one day day one starter. But, but it's the Daniels one that just sticks in everybody's one. crawl because yeah. of where he went. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent. So, all right, <clears throat> let's move into the final one of these of the regular season. Brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. We, Joel and I just tasted a little Welcome Home Beef, a little surprise for us on a Sunday, a little little prime rib. For us, that was fantastic. <laughs> I, I, if I got to be surprised, surprise me with meat. That's all I'm saying. You're like, Having ourselves a meaty little Christmas. Already. We had ourselves a little meaty little, little little Christmas, and it was delicious. And that's what you get when you go to Welcome Home Beef and you order one of those whole prime ribs or a whole beef tenderloin, or heck, even just a couple of steaks to throw on the grill whenever you want to do it. They've got you taken care of. Fantastic products, great people, good bulldogs. What more do I need to tell you? Call them today and have yourself a meaty little Christmas. 662-268-8148 or go online at welcomehomebeef.com and check them out there. And this holiday season, instead of saying deck the halls, you'll be saying... It just tastes good. These are the things that are true. It's incomplete. 
I was hopeful that the bowl would have been announced by now. My last couple ones were bowl-related. So we've only got eight. Well, the last uh, report I saw on that, and you probably have seen it too, um, Brandon Marcello, 24-7 Sports, uh, SEC will likely fill all of its bowl Mm tie-ins, but finding opponents is becoming an issue, he says. This is the latest one, and when I say latest, it was tweeted five seconds ago as I clicked on it. haven't seen this one. From Stuart Mandel. He's got Mississippi State in the Liberty Bowl taking on West Virginia on New Year's Eve. Okay. So they've moved up quite a few spots. Um, they've got That's not, just a projection? That's a projection. Oh, okay. That's a projection. Let's be clear about that. The Armed Forces Bowl, which is where he had state projected yesterday, Tennessee has fallen to that, and they get to take on Coastal Carolina. Have fun with that, Tennessee. They won't be looking to prove a point or anything. <laughs> so West Virginia versus uh, Mississippi State, that is the projection at this time. Yeah, it, it may be foolish to start talking projections, because by the time you hear this, you probably know and it won't be projections. Well, you know, this is Victory Sunday. We're going to have this podcast up, up shortly, so we'll see. We'll see what happens, uh, and obviously tomorrow's podcast will go into details over where State goes. I will say this. I talked to an unnamed source last night. Uh, he told me that if State had its way, they'd play in the Gasparilla Bowl. They'd like to just have a regular game week and then move on instead of having to like break for Christmas and bring people back and go through more COVID stuff. You know, a lot of guys are just ready to go, Yeah, but they'll take whatever they can get, but if they had their, their druthers they'd get this bowl game on the 26th and call it a day. But we'll have to see what happens. It doesn't appear that's going to be the case uh, for Mississippi State. So we only have eight things that are true. It's going to feel a little incomplete because I don't have the bowl stuff, but it'll be all right. Number one, all's well that ends well? I mean, kind of, yeah. We said it all week last week that you needed a result. You needed something positive to launch into the offseason with. You got it. Now, it would be helpful to win the bowl game to sort of keep that momentum going. But it's sort of what you hit on. You saw the potential of what this offense can be uh, on Saturday. What you hoped you were seeing in Georgia and Ole Miss, Mm -hmm. this was confirmation that what you saw was real. Right. We talked last week about maybe the Georgia thing was an outlier. I think you can feel now that it was not. Amen. Amen. That the Auburn game became the outlier. Yeah. That they had figured things out and they're going to be okay going forward. What a, you know, you know how you sometimes pick up a book or something, look at the cover, examine it real good. Not supposed to do then, that. And then you skim through the middle, just a little, well, if you're like just trying to decide if you're going to buy yeah, it or yeah. not, and then you kind of skim through the middle, and then you might read the back cover. If anybody ever does that kind of thing with Mississippi State's 2020 season, mm-hmm. and they look at the cover and see the whooping they put on LSU and Baton Rouge, and then they look at the back and they see, man, they tore up Missouri. I bet that was a really good year. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're going to miss a lot of a lot of stuff that happened there in between, aren't you? I mean, it's, here's it's just... the analogy I made on on the Periscope, and I don't know if you listened to it. Or I not. did so not. Imagine if you had a sandwich where the bread was baked by the finest artisanal bakery, like we're talking like somebody from France baked that bread for you, loaded it with butter, delicious, right? But in the middle of that sandwich is a rancid piece of spam. <laughs> That's what you got. That's the 2020 season in a nutshell. <laughs> it really State. is. The bread's delicious. The bookends were great. In the middle's not so much. So it's like an Oreo stuffed with like Tide Pod or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> not good. But you got to see it Saturday. 50 points on the board. Move the ball. I mean, they moved the ball basically on every drive. I mean, they had what what one pick in the end zone. Um, they had you know the first pick, first drive of the game that was no good. They had the fumble. Yeah. 
But for the most part, they were moving the ball. And they alleviated some of your – you remember a week ago in things that are true, you were talking about how they saw some man against Auburn and couldn't do anything yeah. with it. They saw some man against Missouri. We'll get that in just a minute. Yeah, yeah but you're right. Number two, I don't know if that was a game – I don't know if the running stuff was the game plan or just an adjustment, but it has to stay. 38-28. That was your run-pass balance yesterday. 28 rushes, 38 passes. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. Mar- and it, and it, and Marks was- and Johnson looked like players – they had the ball in the open field. They made a conscious effort to put the ball into their hands. We finally saw a running back for the first time since the LSU game. Since Kylan Hill scored his final touchdown for Mississippi State, you saw a running back catch the ball in stride, and he got like a 15-yard gain on it. Yeah, That's how it's got to be from now on. It's incredible that Mississippi State nearly doubled their season rushing total they did. yesterday. They did. 151 yards, Something I believe like it was, that, yeah, and, and they, they only had 209 coming in. Yeah. It's, I it's, mean, it's a it's a crazy it's, crazy stat. There's no question about that. But that offense with the passing game is lethal. That can work. If you had had that, it makes you wonder what happened in the Egg Bowl because you could run you can run the football on Ole Miss. Where was that's why it makes me think it was a game plan thing. Like, I think the game plan it, against Ole Miss was just not to run the football. I mean, it may be a mixture of game plan plus the offensive line just. Yeah, they continue just felt, to play better they or just playing felt, good this game. They and, play well in this game, yeah. And then, I mean, don't don't forget, too, both of the backs that we mentioned, mm-hmm. Marks and Johnson, they got growing to do, too, in recognizing holes and, and things in the SEC. Do you know so. where I think that, that all that sort of came from, by the way? It was on the first drive where Rodgers scrambles for that long game. That sort of set the them back a little bit. Missouri's like, okay, he can run. We might have to be a little more careful. You know, my, and that allowed the running game to sort of blossom. From, yeah, that was the seed. I don't know if you... I don't know if you listened to the post game, watched the post game, whatever you did the post game, but uh, there was a moment there when um, when Rogers, or excuse me, when, when Mike was asked about the Rogers run mm-hmm. and, and that, and he uh, he even mentioned that he said he thought there were plenty of other opportunities for Rogers to run more. There were, there were a couple, and, and so it kind of, he, he was like, you know, he's he's coached to scan the field, scan the field, scan the field. But him saying that was kind of the first time I've ever, and I don't know necessarily that Leach was saying this, but it was kind of the first little hint that maybe. Leach is okay if your quarterback runs the ball. That's a good thing. So, if you start I, this offense with a true dual threat, would be in, unstoppable. Yeah, absolutely unstoppable. And, and I think you just uh, got to find one that can throw the ball yeah, accurately. I, I think if there's ever a moment, and I think there will be a moment when Sawyer Robertson is the quarterback of this team. I mm-hmm. mean, he's not a dual threat. He can run the ball, a but he bit, can though. run the ball. Yeah, we'll see what happens. You sort of hit on this and what's causing all that. But number three, I don't know if State wins this game if the muff punt doesn't happen. It reminded me a lot of 2012 against Arkansas. I don't know if you recall that game or not. Arkansas was really bad that year. That was the year they finally fell off after Petrino had been fired. State was, you know, that was the we believe year. They had lost three straight, but now they're playing Arkansas. And Arkansas came out just, they were hot. They were hitting hitting things offensively. They took a quick lead on Mississippi State. And you're thinking, and State was playing poorly. And you're like, oh my God, is this really going to happen? And then Arkansas muffs a punt. And from there, State rolled off like 38 straight points. And if the, I, I, I've always believed that if State doesn't, if, if Arkansas doesn't muff that punt, if they just catch the punt, fair catch, they go play football, they probably won the football game. The first drive of the game, Missouri went through the down the field like a hot knife through butter. Errol Thompson's been ejected. Everybody's upset. You get the ball back. You get the one first down, but then it's three and out after that. You punt it away, and you're thinking, oh, here we go again. But then they muff the punt, and you score, and all of a sudden everything flipped. So sometimes there are plays that do that. They'd completely change the game, and sometimes they come early. I don't know if this was one or not, but I feel like it was. Gut feelings don't mean a ton, mm-hmm. but I sure felt like when Missouri went up seven nothing, it was going to be a long, long, day. long, long yeah. day, and it really felt that way until 
till that moment. And then, and not, it didn't take long at all for State to just start piling on after that. No, you're too. right. I mean, it, it, there was something about that moment that absolutely swung everything. Everything changed. Because, I mean, you got to remember, the next offensive play from Missouri after that, they snap it over the quarterback's head. Yeah. And they got a loss of 16. And it just sort of went from there. Yeah, and I was speaking with uh with Dave Matter covers Missouri. Yeah. Um it was he and I were two of the last ones left in the press box um on Saturday night. But and he was talking about and I think he's right, Georgia just blowing the doors off of Missouri the week before. Yeah. And then to ha- like all you needed really was something to just get them to say, all right, let's just get the season over. <laughs> yeah. kind of and yeah. I, I kind of think that punt you, you was right. one of those moments where it was just like, we got killed last week. It might have, been the, both, might have affected both ways. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And, That's a good point. So anyway. That's a good point. Number four, did Missouri not get the memo? Did, did someone not tell them about the rush three drop eight thing? They stayed in man a lot, a lot. of that game. And Mississippi they did a little State, of the rush. They did a little much. of it. And that's when State was able to run the ball a little bit. But I was shocked at how much man coverage they were given. And guess what? They got torched. I don't, I don't, understand. I don't know who Missouri's defensive coordinator is off the top of my head, but they, I'd fire him today. I'm just, you can't allow that to happen. you got to stay in that zone the whole time. And uh, they didn't. That and said, it's good news that Mississippi State has finally apparently learned to attack both styles of defense. Well, you do that. I mean, <laughs> the running game is what lets you do that. Yeah. You know, you're going to run the football. You can't drop eight against that because then you're just giving up five, six, seven yards every play. You, yep. can't, you can't do that. So, uh, Number five, I'm not sure who the bigger freshman star is, Jaden Wally or Emmanuel Forbes. I got two good options there. They'll both be freshmen all SEC. Wally has 600 yards receiving on the year. How many yards receiving did he have prior to the uh, the Vanderbilt game? Maybe fifty. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I'd like to go back and look. Yeah, I mean, I, the last four games he's gotten about five hundred of them. Just well, he's so, had four straight hundred four, yard yeah. games, and I mean, it's not like he's at one hundred every. One time. of them, he was exactly at a hundred. Was I think. he? I think oh, I in, in one of them, he was. I mean, yeah, but you know. The last four games, that might be as good a four-game stretch as any skill position player has ever had for Mississippi State. It's just been incredible uh, to watch him play. And then on the other side of that, you have Forbes, four interceptions on the year, just just really, really been strong uh, all season long. And to reemphasize what I was saying earlier about all those guys too, you know, Wally, Rogers, Forbes, they're freshmen. You know what they're going to be next year, Brian? Freshmen. Freshmen. They get the year back. So not only uh, are you getting all this production out of freshmen, it doesn't count against their eligibility. Now, granted, if Wally and some of these guys continue on the tracks they're on, perhaps yeah. perhaps they're gone after what would be their sophomore year. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how that develops. But right. from a they-can-stick-around perspective, yeah. you still got four more years of those guys. So Wally had 100 and... I've already forgotten the number. 104. 58 yards receiving, I think, is the number prior to the two. I'm sorry, after the Vanderbilt game, and now he has 691. Yes, yeah, about a, about 550. Is that right? Yeah, something like yeah, something like that. Close. Yeah, that's crazy. Really, is something to see the 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 the, the progress of him. Forbes has, I think, has been good since day one. He really, he's been really impressive. That's he's the next great Mississippi State defensive back. Yeah, he's he got a little bit of everything. I like him. Yeah. He and Emerson next year, that's a really good duo to have for your, for your cornerbacks. No really, doubt really about good. it. Uh, let's see here. Number six. 
I'll start a little controversy here. You ready? Uh-oh. Jack Abraham's college stats are far superior to Gardner Minshew's prior to meeting Mike Leach. That is all. I looked. Minshew is about a 58% completion percentage. Abraham's a 70% completion guy. Well, he he set I think the I think he had like led the country or something in completion percentage one Probably, year. Possibly. I mean in 2018, I think maybe. I'm just going to say that right now just don't be surprised. You're saying that Will Rogers is not a slam dunk to be here. Well, I was starting. Which well, I, I, I had already said that anyway. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But. but could Jack Abraham provide a situation where you could redshirt both of them? Possibly. Possibly. Just don't be surprised. Yeah. Don't and redshirt, redshirt, too, isn't the kiss of death. You know, they can play in four games each. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you got an extra year anyway, so I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't even have to redshirt them. They still have an extra year. Because this year count didn't count. Will Rogers could play in three straight seasons as, as a, freshman. a freshman. He could. He legitimately could. Just don't be surprised. That's a that's a good addition from his. If nothing else, you needed a veteran backup. You needed somebody who's been there and done that a little bit. You couldn't go into next year with your quarterback room being all freshmen. You needed a guy who's played in some actual big-time college football games. And, and Jack Abraham has done that. Yeah. So, you, you know, you get an experience. I mean, when Gardner Minshew went to Washington State, did anybody think he was going to become Gardner Minshew? No. They just saw a guy who's like, yeah, he's going to go play for Leach and we'll see what happens. They didn't go up there and oh, he's about to be a Heisman Trophy candidate. I will say that from a Mississippi State fan base perspective, I've seen some of this on social media, so you get in trouble sometimes trying to make judgments based off of what you see on social media. But there's a little PTSD whenever you see grad transfer quarterback coming. Yes. And so from a fan base standpoint, Jack Abraham – might be a little bit behind the eight ball just from a fan mentality thing just because Tommy Stevens, K.J. Costello, who, God help him, two passes, one pick, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see grad transfer QB, it's not like anybody's jumping for joy at that with mm-hmm. what State has dealt with recently from from them. But I agree with you in that you look at Jack Abraham's resume and it does not hurt at all to have that guy in your QB room. No. They've announced the uh, the New Year's Six Bowls. I tell you, the group of five schools just got screwed. Uh, Iowa State is in a, a group of six bowl with three losses. They're, they're playing the Fiesta Bowl against Oregon. Wow. The Orange Bowl is Texas A&M versus North Carolina. Uh, Speaking of Oregon, did you see what old old Joe did the other night? He threw in like the quarterback, hadn't played all season. Yeah. And threw a couple touchdown passes. Yeah, figured it out. <laughs> He's got experience doing those kind of things. Uh, the Peach Bowl is Cincinnati versus Georgia. That should be actually a really good football game. And then, oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, who they got? Uh, and the Cotton Bowl. That's uh, Florida versus Oklahoma. Oh. Eight and four is a great season for Dan Mullen. Happens all the time for him. Be just fine. All right. Who's A&M got? North Carolina. So they'll be nine. They really, they really lost out. Playing Ole Miss would have helped them a lot, I think. If they could have beaten them badly, which I think they would have because they could run the football, that might have helped them get ahead in Notre Dame. Somehow, Ohio Iowa State finished ahead of Coastal Carolina. They had a common opponent who beat Iowa State. They've got to really they're they're gonna really have to look into making some changes. Indiana didn't get into one of the New Year's Six games either. They gave Ohio State all of that credit for beating Indiana. They gave Indiana no credit for only losing by seven to Ohio State. So, whatever. All right, back to the things that are true here. We only got two more to do. Number seven, I'll tell you who really impressed me yesterday. I think Tyrus Wheat is a potential all-SEC guy next year. That's a good football player. 
First off, that's a guy that if I had to go into a dark alley, I'll go with Tyrus Wheat. That's an intimidating guy. I mean, Big, fast, physical dude. Again, you start looking at the potential of that offense, yeah. and then you start talking about some of the names on defense. You've already talked about Forbes, but Tyrus Wheat, Br- Brule. Fred Peters will be back next year. Sean Pre- Preston's. Colin Duncan, who had a couple of picks this year. He just kept like you feel like he was getting better. Yeah, you should have Nathan Pickering back in the fold. Crumity back. Uh, the the kid from Aaron, UCF, Randy Charlton. I mean, he was a pretty good player at UCF, yeah. right? I mean, Aaron Odom back, Jack Harris back. I mean, Aaron Brule back. Your Nate question Watson marks back. are safeties, right? Well, Fred Peters is back. Yeah, Duncan right. is back. Um, so I think you're going to be okay back there. Yeah, I'm not worried. Middle linebacker, maybe the middle it, linebackers. But but here's the thing: when Aaron went out yesterday. Watson was Watson will be it was fine. Yeah. He'll be fine. So maybe Jet Johnson can step up. I don't know. We'll see. But Tyrus Wheat yesterday, I felt like when Thompson got ejected, he was the guy who sort of picked everybody up. And and, and he made some big plays yesterday. And he just relentless rushing the passer. I'm really impressed with him. Yeah. Not not Montez Sweat, not gonna get those kind of numbers, but it has a has a big impact on the games. He he makes you account for him. I like watching him play a lot. Then our last one, I know you're going to feel a little cheated, but it is what it is. Uh, I'm not sure who I felt worse for, Errol Thompson or K.J. Costello. <laughs> I felt really, like, legitimately bad for both of them. Errol, it was targeting. It was. But I am a fan of, uh, I saw this on a, on a message board, and Michael Borg, he talks about it a lot. You watch soccer enough to know yellow card, red card. Yeah. All right? There need to be yellow card, red card targeting penalties. You know, if you go across the middle and you just waylay a defenseless receiver and with your, your head, goal is to hurt and him. your goal was to take him out, that's a red card. You're out. What happened to Errol Thompson should have been a yellow card. You have to get another one, you're out. But I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do. I Errol Thompson, I don't know if you guys saw if you saw it, he was not a happy camper. Like I think he was being restrained from going back on the field. I think he was trying to pull one of those things that the Texas kid did. He wanted a piece of the ref. He was not happy. Guy had to go be pulled into the locker room. Felt really bad for him, but then I felt really bad for KJ Costello. You know, it didn't go the way you wanted it to, and that's the guy who's probably going to hold that record for most passing yards in a game for a long, long time. And so you just bring him in, nice little round of applause. You go up top on the first play, see if you can get something. It doesn't happen, and then he throws a pick, and I'm just like, my guess is he went to the sidelines like, that's it, I retire. <laughs> I'm opting out now. Because on the next series, they brought Rodgers back in. Now, he yeah. just did one handoff, but they didn't even let KJ go back out there. He probably said, you know what? It's it's it, That's a sign. I don't know if you take a sign from God in the middle of a football game, but that was it. Like, I am i don't need to play football anymore. I felt so bad. Because he came back in, and people were chanting KJ. Yeah. And it felt like, maybe this could be a little feel-good moment here. Not, not even score. Just complete a couple passes, run the clock just out. Just something to feel good about himself. And he throws a pick. Hey, you know who picked it off? Another quarterback. Okay, the guy that started, started the, season the season as quarterback from Missouri. And yeah, now he's a Robinson, DB. Now he's a DB. They, they were uh, COVID decimated as well. I guess if I had a ninth one, it would just be, it doesn't really matter what this bowl game is for Mississippi State. It's important. It's you know We always talk about bowl games being uh, uh, you know exhibitions and not that big a deal and blah, blah, blah. But in this case, I feel like it is. I feel like Mississippi State needs to to play well in this bowl game. They need to get the win just to give themselves that that final push into the twenty twenty one. If you season. play it and you win it and you're four and seven, I mean four and seven. You see that record and it doesn't look good, mm-hmm. but you you get to thinking about it, man. And and if this team had played the the regular schedule, 
you know, they they would have been, I guess, what, two and six in the SEC play. Yeah. And you would have won at least three non-conference games, so Should that's have. five and six. And if you had beaten North Carolina State, I don't know if you would or if you wouldn't have, this is still maybe a 500 team that in a regular year. That game was in week two. Maybe they don't make that defensive adjustment and yeah. you get the win. And so if you win the bowl game and you're four and seven and you start to kind of play some of that other stuff out, you're kind of you like, you like, well, really, we're kind of, you know, right where you may expect you ha- them you to be. You had to look at this. You have to look at this year's results in terms of what would have been on the regular schedule. And that right now, you'd be five and seven, six and six. Yeah. You know? And it, honestly, if you really you can you can really play the what if game if you want to. And if you, I'm not a huge fan of it, but in a regular year where there's no COVID, well, I mean, you probably beat Ole Miss. So, you know, uh, you can play the what if game with that for for all you want. But this this bowl game is important. Whatever it is, it'll be announced later today. It is important. Speaking of things that are important, let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. Coffee is for closers is brought to you by our friends over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream this holiday season. If you haven't shopped with Strange Brew already, you should. You should get you a big box of Big Debras. Nothing says the holidays like pastries. Delicious, homemade. Everybody loves a Christmas tree cake, but when they're homemade... That's the way. It, that's the way to go, and of course, if you're a coffee lover, if you've got a coffee lover in the family, Strangery's got a, a, a lot of gifts to choose from. So give them a look today at their webpage. Go to the Shopify page and buy something, and come home this this holiday season to a little Strange Brew Coffee House. Only one guy stood out for me on on for Mississippi State. I got to go with Jaquarius Spivey. I think it's back to back weeks, but that's the same. They're in the same play. It was the same play, Joel, and it's the same result. Catch the ball, and you're probably going to walk into the end zone. And he dropped it again. We got to fix that. I saw a message board, or somebody referred to him as Hefty Stephen Gidry. <laughs> I feel bad, but you know who's who. Uh, I don't know if this is how Antonio Harmon will be used, but when I see that big, that's frame, yeah, exactly. That's I him think, next year. I think because Harmon supposedly has like really good hands. That's him thing. next like, year. Yeah, that's him. He makes that catch. Good call. Oh, who to give it to in the SEC? Hmm. Who should who should get this? Who could it be? Who? 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 Yeah. It's the Ole Miss Rebels. <laughs> First off, I want to say this. I will give them some credit. If State had a game where they were they threw five interceptions, they would lose that game 85 to nothing. All right? It would be the ugliest game of all time. Somehow Ole Miss was still in the game. But their defense, which is just putrid. <laughs> Really outdid itself in this game. They may let Max Johnson, not the greatest quarterback on earth, just consistently have time. And then another, I mean, it's just, they wouldn't be LSU if they didn't have some five star receiver just laying around on the trash heap to pick up and throw in the game so he could set an SEC record for receiving yards in a game. 306 receiving yards for Boutte in that game. Anytime you hook up Johnson to Boutte, that's going to be something to watch out for. So the Rebels just, just, I mean, what do you want? I'll say this. You know, when you play your Super Bowl, it's hard to get up for a game after that. Can you imagine playing the Super Bowl and then having to play another game? That's what Ole Miss was going through. They played their Super Bowl. They played their hearts out to beat those 49 Bulldogs. And there was just nothing left to give. So 
Tough for them. <laughs> the college football playoff committee will have no coffee this week. Oh, just, just, just admit it. Just admit that we're going into every season and we're going to pick between Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and some other SEC team. It'd be at Georgia, Florida, or Texas A&M. Just admit it. Those are the only teams that get to be in. There's no point in this charade any longer. Just let's just just tell us that going in. Go ahead and tell Cincinnati and, and Coastal Carolina. Tell everybody else you have no chance. Now, if you're in a Power Five conference, you might have a chance. You know, if you're going to have to go undefeated, Mississippi State or Iowa. Although they love Iowa State, three loss Iowa State getting into a, an Access Bowl, undefeated Coastal Carolina gets to play in the Armed Forces Bowl or something. But it's just a joke. And they had a bad year anyway. The whole idea of we need to meet in person while there's a pandemic going on. Everybody else out here is having Zoom calls. You're having Zoom calls to see your mother over Christmas, but the college football playoff committee's got to rack up the frequent flyer miles and get, <laughs> get together the so they can have their meetings to determine who they're going to screw over. <laughs> screw over Cincinnati, damn it. Vince McMahon on the college football playoff committee. <laughs> Coastal Carolina is not going to get over. No chance. Oklahoma, that's some good crap there. <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, I, I not a drop of coffee should be found wherever the College Football Playoff Committee is meeting. Cincinnati's a good little B-plus player, you know. Just... <laughs> that's a good little spot for them. <laughs> if only we could have. That's why we. That's why you need it. And they got Georgia. But, I mean. They, they give them somebody, give them Clemson or something. Let's see what happens. What's the worst that could happen? That's what everybody's afraid of. They'd win, and then you're like, okay. Shout out to Central Florida's uh, social media department. The NWO angle video was just beautiful. Loved it. All right, <clears throat> tomorrow's show we'll know what bowl Mississippi State's going to. No congratulations for me today. <sighs> well, see, we normally do the picks on Tuesday, but okay. okay. Well, I, I want it two days in a row. Very good. Joel T. Coleman, Woo. your 2020 Pick'em Challenge winner. He and I will be headed to Two Brothers Barbecue. Smoked wings, pork rind nachos, barbecue tacos. It's all happening. We're going to get a spread of food. We may, I may not even let you order. I may just pick some stuff and we're just going to we'll get a, a, a melange I mean, you stuff. can't go wrong, so I'm really cool can't. with that. We're going to get a bunch of stuff. Uh, so that's going to be later this week. Like I said, with tomorrow's show, we'll have two basketball games to recap. Women play uh, later today against um, who? Central Arkansas. Central Arkansas. Men play Mississippi Valley. That's their last non-conference game of the year. So we'll recap that. We'll talk about the bowl game and uh, a few other things as well. Uh, some There should be some recruiting news coming as we go along in the next few days as well. So we'll figure it all out. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk. Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.